On today's episode, Sony leaks information about the future of Spider-Man mid-season finale spoilers. Star Trek 3 troubles and a special guest to give us some insider info about that Star Wars trailer and more. I'm Alan Forbes. I'm Carlos Rivera, and this is the podcast Clusterfud. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Sony released, uh, well, Sony leaked information about the future of Spider-Man. Uh, yep. Several things got thrown out there. One seems to be that they're looking to yet again reboot the Spider-Man franchise again again a third actor to play peter parker uh so regardless of anyone's feelings about andrew garfield's performance whether they be positive or negative sony wants to redo it again you Um, know what uh sony needs an intervention yeah they need a spider-man intervention they need someone to sit them down and talk to them about you know you just you gotta you gotta calm down with this okay you have an addiction my second a uh, piece of news for the leak comes from is that they are in negotiations with Marvel Disney uh, to have them Marvel Disney produce uh, the future of Spider-Man. Uh-huh. So conceivably Sony could retain royalty rights to a character that Marvel owns the rights to in other versions. Uh-huh. And Sony could collect royalties from Marvel for Marvel producing future Spider-Man uh, pictures and having Spider-Man crossover to movies like Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Yeah. All um, right. So you're saying that Marvel would make the movies, but Sony would pick up a commission. Right. Which is essentially how it work. Actually, essentially, it's the opposite of what's currently happening, where Marvel, I believe, gets some sort of um, kickback for the uh, Sony using the Spider-Man character. Because Marvel does well, own the actual character. Uh-huh. Uh, when they wrote the the deal with Sony, I believe they get some sort of royalty. I mean, why else sign away any rights to a, a character? You got to get some money for that. So does Marvel just stay the course and wait Sony out and like just listen, Sony, you don't know how to handle the property anymore. We're going to wait you out until you're desperate. Or does Marvel go ahead and gobble up that character right now? We're we're about to do some stuff with Captain America and Iron Man. We're going to do the Civil War. Spider-Man's a key character in that Civil War. We need him. We'll take the deal. I would argue that Spider-Man is not necessary for Civil War. I think the only reason he was necessary in the comic books is because Spider-Man is the central figure in Marvel Comics. He's obviously not in the Avengers universe. Uh-huh. So there's no real need to have him in Civil War other than the fact that they used him in the comic books. So I wouldn't necessarily make that the reason for going through with this. The reason to go through with this is he's Spider-Man. He's a popular yeah. character, and he would work well in the Marvel Universe that Disney and Marvel have helped create that we know. Okay, and not... And, like, we don't need to see another origin story anytime soon right. of Peter Parker. He can just be, I've been doing the Spider-Man thing for a while. I'm an experienced crime fighter slash superhero. I can lend you my help. Yep. And that doesn't was another have to thing be... is, regardless of whether this deal fell through or not, uh, Sony looked like they were going to reboot the, the character. So if Sony keeps making Spider-Man movies, it would be a third actor. If they went over to cross over with Marvel, it would be a third actor. It sounds like they might be over Andrew Garfield for whatever reason. Yeah, and I don't understand that because one of the few things I have enjoyed about the new Spider-Man series is the work that Andrew Garfield has done as the Spider-Man persona. I feel like he's really figured out this is the way that Spider-Man in the costume acts. I think the guy's, like I said before, the guy's a little too good-looking. To mm-hmm. star this Peter Parker, it's like that guy's not a nerd. He's not bullied. He's a normal kid. And I think in the Ultimate series, they haven't been playing Peter Parker as an uber nerd or anything, just like an average kid. Right. But um, you know what I mean? Well, even in the original Marvel continuity, once Peter got into college and out of high school, like the awkwardness kind of got outgrown. And he'd been Spider-Man for some time, too. So he did kind of have a lot of foundation under his feet for not thinking, oh, what's my destiny in life? It's like, I know who I am. 
I can do a lot. There's no reason for me to be awkward anymore. So he was dating pretty girls, you know. Um, he was juggling Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane for a while. And it's, uh, yeah, like it, it seems to fit with what Spider-Man's been established decades ago. Yeah, and you know what? I would say this. Again, I don't think we need a reboot anytime soon, but at some point there will be a reboot right. for this character, as there will be for many other Marvel characters yes. and DC characters. There will be reboots because that's how you keep the properties fresh for new generations. Mm-hmm. I think that the reboot, I think a lot of people, and I think you would agree that the recent reboot was way too soon. It's like, oh, the Spider Man, have- of course. Yeah. Now, but I would love to see a Spider-Man like they do with Harry Potter style, where they film like a couple of movies back to back of him in high school. Because I think one of the big interesting stories of Spider-Man is him dealing with those powers like in high school and or college Mm -hmm. when he's still a kid. And, you know, we don't know if this is what he wants to do. You know, he feels like he has to and he hasn't like embraced the role yet. Just like I have to. My uncle died. I let my uncle die. It's my burden. You know what I mean? Plus, I'm a high school kid and I have to deal with all that stuff. So now we've seen that. And speaking of which, Sam Raimi did those original movies. Uh, Sam Raimi was also being considered by Sony, according to this leaked information, to return to the franchise. So it's either in his old position or as something higher up like a producer. Um, we, We saw it briefly. I'm talking about a couple of movies where we follow this character in high school. but I, And I'm also mm-hmm. saying an appropriately aged kid. We've seen men okay. playing like a 16-year-old kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've seen grown 25-year-old men playing this kid. I'm talking about take a page from Saved by the Bell and oh, get brother. age-appropriate actors. Follow, follow, <laughs> follow this. Uh, follow me now. Age-appropriate actors. Take a page from Harry Potter. Does that make it better? Yeah. Take a page from Harry Potter. Get age-appropriate actors. I want to see, like, a 16-year-old kid dealing with these powers, not a grown man. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a lot more... It's more in your face about what this kid did. Right. When you see, like, a 16-year-old boy versus a 25-year-old man making these decisions, like mm-hmm. th- that scene in Spider-Man 2, when they see his face and they're like, he's so young, he's like, I have a son his age. It's like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have a son his age because that's a 25, 27-year-old dude. That guy's <laughs> 30 on the floor. Okay. But if it was a 16-year-old kid, mm-hmm. you'd be like, yeah, I get what you're saying. This is crazy that this kid has taken this burden upon himself. Right. That's so cool. And uh, someone once asked uh, Stan Lee why he wasn't called Spider-Boy since he was a teenage, about the same age as Batman's Robin. And he's like, I hate, I hate these teenage sidekicks. I just, I can't stand it. Like, and no one's going to take someone seriously if they're the main hero and they're called Spider-Boy. So he thought yeah. that they would, it would just work better if he just, you know, essentially lied and said, no, I'm Spider-Man, even though he's somewhere in high school. Yeah, plus he wouldn't. If he's a teenager, he's not going to call himself boy. He's at that sure. point where he wants to be seen as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that show Superboy. Right. It's like, why would he call himself Superboy? He was in college. Right. He's yeah. A man, he, yeah. Why would he call himself Superboy? Because we need a Superboy. Because he can't be Superman. We don't want to use that name, that brand. Mm-hmm. So make him Superboy. It's like, no, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, that's one of the things I did not like about the animated uh, show where they included S.H.I.E.L.D., because Marvel's going shield crazy, like shield needs to be involved in everything. It was it's Supreme. the most recent the point is that shield is involved and like we need to train you and it's like no you don't. Mm-hmm. No you don't. Yeah. No, he doesn't need training. He'll figure it out. That's the whole point. Right. Because it's a metaphor for te- for being a teenager. It's a metaphor for going out of that awkwardness. So that's why again, my point is I would love to see a, at least two movies of him in high school dealing with this stuff not half of the first movie he's in high school and then he graduates and then we see him in the world Mm -hmm. you know and then a college and then go from there i'd love to see that i'd love to follow a kid for a couple of years Mm -hmm. as the villains get tougher and he's getting better in the role i would love to see that or as i said in the previous podcast either a female spider-man or the miles morales get a minority in there right let's switch it let's switch it up if we're going to reboot it I think the uh, the dynamic of him being so young, even if he's not in high school anymore, it still works with being compared to someone like, say, 
um, Iron Man or 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 uh, Captain America. Like these are these are actors and characters that are you know early thirties, if not forties, and they're clearly even if he's a young person in in college. Let's say he's a nineteen year old in college. Yeah, these guys aren't gonna you know look the same way at him. He's going to not be respected by his peers if, if they understand how much younger this guy is. Yeah. But uh, so, no. Yeah. So he wouldn't tell. But they're going to be able to tell. Yeah. Again, right. because of the way Spider-Man carries himself is kind of like a jokey Mick right. smart ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, like this is a really young kid. I can hear it in his voice. You know, right. you're a young kid. So he has to earn that respect. Mm-hmm. And that would be great. That would be good to see that him earning that respect with right. the Avengers or with the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And that's that would actually be a good- where it would work like it did in the comic books for civil war where iron man was like an idol to peter parker the 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 techno wizard stuff that's like wow that's you know i understand these things your armor is capable of and as a scientist i really admire that and that's we why may he's able to take him under his wing we may come into a world where we have both a show the flash and the movie the Flash, not to change the topic yet, but just as an example, mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll ever be in a world where we have an ultimate Spider-Man movie franchise or just a young Spider-Man movie franchise and an older Spider-Man movie franchise like simultaneously. Uh, like where they're like, this is like the young kid and he's mm-hmm. trying to, you know, he's earning respect right. and he's learning the business versus this is him in his late twenties mm-hmm. and he, or mid twenties. And he's been the guy for a while and he's dealing with like adult responsibilities, maybe children. And does he keep doing this? You know what I mean? You're talking about that. It's the same continuity, just different portions of his life that yes. Or, or different because universe. I I, what, either way, just I to see the different the aspects fans would like to see. But particularly Warner Brothers DC doesn't seem to be willing to do that. Uh, some people often but question. But will Marvel do it? Marvel might. Well, obviously they've got S.H.I.E.L.D. taking place at the current time of uh, Avengers and all these other movies. So I think Marvel's all about continuity. Their movie continuity is gangbusters. DC mm-hmm. is a different story. DC is Warner Brothers not respecting comic books and not even respecting television, leaving it in the hands of comic book writers. When it comes to a blockbuster movie, they're like, okay, now you're dealing with big boy money. It better follow a particular format and it's going to guarantee us money ahead of time before we even start shooting. And they don't understand that that's not how Marvel has been successful at this point. Okay. Um, but one, one last thing about the Spider-Man leaks is they were going to do a third amazing Spider-Man movie. Oh no, it's it's different actor. So this mm-hmm. is the reboot. Uh that storyline would be Craven's Last Hunt, which mm-hmm. if you've ever read the comic book, it really relies heavily on these guys being enemies for a long time. Mm-hmm. Craven having lost and lost and lost and finally gets the upper hand on Spider-Man. Um presumably kills him, but and takes his place. He mm-hmm. isn't really dead, but What's interesting about it is that uh, Craven's the victor, and actually, it, it somewhat mirrors Superior Spider-Man, where Doc Ock is the victor and takes his place. Um, but here's the thing: you haven't introduced Craven in any movie yet, so how do you have Craven's last hunt if no one knows who Craven is? You're going to introduce him and then have him die? Oh, spoiler alert: he dies. No! <laughs> Sorry. Damn it! That's why it's his last hunt. Da-da-da. You know what? Maybe that'll take us into a world. They already do one-shots of movies, especially, well, only DC really does the one-shot movies. Maybe maybe they do one-shot movie of Spider-Man, animated or live action. Mm. What if they just made, like, this is a standalone mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie with Kraven the Hunter? You know mm-hmm. the character, so we don't have to teach you. This is him later in the game. He's, you know, he's engaged with some guys, and now this is about him and a specific villain. Mm-hmm. And it's this actor's going to play him, and maybe we do it again with different actors. Okay. I feel like that's where we're going mm-hmm. because that's just the evolution of comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Because people. That the audience knows more than they have in the past. Yes. Yeah. 
and they absolutely know more about Spider-Man now, and they right. know, they know what they need to know. Well, plenty. There's a lot of drum beating saying we don't want another origin story. We don't want another origin story. The Batman v Superman movie is going to come out. We don't want to see the, the the scene in the alley again because we've already seen that ad nauseum. It, like we only like as a maybe a flashback or a memory at some point. Maybe just, just some acknowledge of it, but like don't recreate it since we've seen it at least twice. In, in major blockbuster movies. Yeah, there's a YouTube video where someone synchronized all of them. Oh, wow. All, every every iteration of the alley murder of the Waynes, mm-hmm. and they synchronized them all up in a YouTube video, and you can watch them all. And they basically synced them up to the shot. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, some of them are a little longer than others or start at different places or into different places, but they sync them all up, and then you can watch them all as they appear and then disappear once the scenes are over, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. Cool. Look for that, people. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where we're going, where we can have these standalone movies with different actors playing the same characters in different movies. Because, you know, you don't want to see the origin over and over again. No. Let's see a standalone Iron Man with a new Iron Man. You know, someone that mm-hmm. can maybe take bring something different to the character. Maybe we see the alcoholic subplot, like, really explored. Maybe we see these great comic book stories explored without having to be put within the confines of a, you know, we have to do the origin before we can do this story. Mm-hmm. Just do the story, like they're doing now with animated. Since yeah. effects are becoming more and more cheap to do, mm-hmm. we can do these movies now. Mm. Some Something to supplement the movie. Ahead of time, like they're what what they what I've heard they want to do with Star Wars is they're going to do the seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard that they want to do like standalones, like a standalone Boba Fett or standalone oh, this or standalone yes. that. I have that's heard what that. I've yep. heard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they can yep. do the same thing with these comic book characters. Well, like a Wolverine Origins. Yeah, exactly. Like that was supposed to be a whole series was Origins, and then that kind of got nixed because Wolverine Origins, so many people pooped on it. Yeah. Star Trek 3, having some troubles. Robert Orsi no longer directing. So Abrams is out because of Star Wars. He Uh, was always out. Orsi is out. What did he cite a reason? Does he not like the script? What's his deal? I don't. I have a link to it. He's Um, just over it. He's no. I think they asked him to leave. Actually, I think he was like removed from the project because of some conflict with somebody. Okay. I don't know the exact uh, stuff behind it, but um, uh, I'll see if I can pull it up. But like you know, this puts it uh, this puts it in concerning hands to Star Trek Three. I mean, and I already feel like they didn't stick the landing with two, and we talked no, about right. this before. Uh, the script was one of the problem factors. Paramount shut the production down last month. They sent home all the design people right. while they battled over the direction of the screenplay. The the, the, uh, the whole premise of this Star Trek has been in trouble since day one. Yeah. And the reason being is Time yes, they've, they've, they've scrubbed all this continuity, decades of continuity that they had. Yeah. And they acknowledged continuity as more of a weakness than a strength. But in actuality, the continuity was a strength. Uh, they can't re- restore new continuity because there's no television series on anymore. They don't yeah. have a weekly opportunity to develop these characters and build their relationships and build the universe that it takes place in. Now you've got to basically wait two or three years for the next installment. And when you see it, they're rushing through dialogue and they're rushing through character development so that they can get on to the next action sequence. Yeah, you you bring in someone like J.J. Abrams, and he's mm-hmm. definitely going to infuse new life into your franchise. Right. But the man says, I really didn't care for Star Trek. I didn't follow the show. Yeah. So he's going to abandon all that continuity. And, like, mm-hmm. there's some cheesy stuff, but there's some good ideas there, too. Mm-hmm. You bring in someone who loves that and says, let me lovingly reinterpret some of those old cheesy campy stories right. and flesh them out into real juicy yeah. sci-fi awesome stories right. with the effects and the actors that we have available to us now, mm-hmm. we can make those stories and reimagine them. You just see it with the, yeah. the way they brought the just the Kobayashi Maru scene mm-hmm. to life. Right. I was like, that's br- that's exactly what I imagined it would be. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, and, and 
pulling not just from Wrath of Khan, and it seems like that's the only bit of background he seems to be pulling from, but we can see, judging by the color of their shirts, that this is taking place around the television show era. Yeah, so definitely. All you would have to do is dissect any random episode from the original series or multiple episodes and take what you like the best and make that a modern day story. The There's first no movie reason you can't do that. The first movie should have could have been how Kirk becomes captain of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I know it was, but I'm not talking about from cadet to captain. I'm talking about from first officer or from lieutenant commander to captain of the Enterprise. You know, mm-hmm. the 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 circumstances that came together to make that happen, to put him on the bridge of that ship from a reasonable rank in the ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have JJ Abrams though. And he's like, well, listen, I don't really know the movie or the universe. And I don't want to be bogged down by that, mm-hmm. by the TV show or the movie. So I'm just going to erase it, but I'm going to give like a backdoor, like, you know, a justification, a backdoor justification for it. Alternate timeline. Eh, your, your world still exists. It's just alternate timeline. Right. And I can do whatever I want now. But then he doesn't really care. And he's like, well, I'm really going to do Star Wars. Now you deal with this mess Mm -hmm. that I gave you. (laughs) It's like a one night stand. Yeah. Or two night stand. And I don't know what Paramount's going to do with this now. Well, they booted Richard Roberto Orsi. Yeah. uh, But they are thinking of maybe putting Edgar Wright in the chair of director. What is he known for? Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. Oh, he directed that? Yeah, he's the guy with the, you know, Shaun of the Dead and mm. uh, Hot Fuzz. Okay. Edgar Wright. He was going to do Ant-Man, but they booted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orsi apparently threw a hissy fit about how he wanted to direct. It's still dealing with this identity crisis, though, Star Trek is, because they've yeah. got this renewed amount of enthusiasm behind it, but it's from a completely different fan base. It's from the fan base that wants big action, is tired of people standing around talking, uh, but the reason why Star Trek fans liked that stuff is because that was all building a universe. Yeah. So now, whereas the movies would originally be a culmination of all the stuff that you developed in the TV show, now the movies are supposed to be developing their own continuity starting from scratch, and you just don't have the time for it or the yeah. patience from your audience that you're attracting. There's um, there's a website and one of the uh, it's called redleathermedia.com. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yes. Yeah, and they uh, and for people who aren't familiar, what they've done, one of the things they've done, they've had they have excellent reviews, thorough reviews, breaking down the flaws in the Star Wars prequels. Right. You gotta see, you gotta check that out just for that. But they also review all the Star Trek movies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to put it down simply, the problem with the Star Trek movies from the, not the new ones that just came out, but they may have reviewed those too. I don't know. But like the the ones with the next generation crew is that they try to take these actors who are known for dramatic work Mm -hmm. and force them into an action movie. Right. You know, and I, and I, and I get that. And uh, there's talk, I guess there's people that want Jonathan Frakes who played commander Riker to direct. direct the next movie because he's directed one or two of the other movies of the uh, next generation movies. Yeah. I don't agree with there that. There were quite a few of those that he directed that just fell flat. Yeah. I don't agree with that for that reason. He's mm-hmm. not good with action. Clearly he's not an action director. Mm-hmm. I know there, mu- there is a director that exists that can balance the drama of those, of those meetings of those scenes where it's like diplomatic meetings mm-hmm. with the action necessary mm-hmm. with a younger cast that can yeah. act well and do action. We've seen those movies, mm-hmm. Hunt for Red October, mm-hmm. Patriot Games. We've seen the movies where they balance action and drama and discussion and debate. Yeah. And, what and that the, director um, exists. One of the appealing things about Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country was that it paralleled real politics of the time. It came Absolutely. out when the Berlin Wall had just fallen. Yeah. And uh, doing something like that in in the new Abrams universe, you could conceivably do, but it doesn't seem like anyone's interested in doing that. Maybe they just you want know, to attract people with action. Yeah, you know, the, that's just the same director for that also directed Wrath of Khan. So basically, this guy right. directed two Nicholas of their Myers. most 
critically who Nicholas Myers. Yeah, so Nicholas Myers directed two of their most critically well received movies. Yes, he didn't. Re- he didn't direct uh, for Voyage Home, he, which he, was one of the most profitable. He, but uh, he co-wrote it. There you go. He's yeah. his stink is all over yeah. the good Star Trek stuff. <laughs> that Get that true. dude. Get yes. not Frakes. Forget Frakes. Mm-hmm. If Nicholas Myers is still alive. Get him in there. I would definitely incorporate him. I mean, why not? You've you've ripped him off countless times. Yeah. Not understanding why he was successful. And Give Nick him Myers the toys. was um coming from a position of not a Star Trek fan. He was uh he like he the reason why you see Moby Dick and all these King Lear references in Wrath of Khan is because that's what he's a fan of. He's a fan of Sherlock Holmes. That's why Star yeah. Trek Six is a mystery. It, he he makes Star Trek work but for his own tastes, you know? It's uh, it's interesting because Jonathan Frakes is a self-proclaimed Star Trek fan, uh, yeah. but he hasn't quite made Star Trek uh, accessible to the general public. Yeah, he's a fan in that he worked there, and he knows everything. I mean, yes, he's like a fan he by... Was a fan by, of the by Kirk he has series. to. He was a fan of the Kirk series. like that. He was really excited when he got the role. Yeah, but you do need some, and that's great. I'm a fan too. Mm-hmm. Well, not of the Kirk series, but I can be a fan of something. That doesn't mean I'm the best guy to just because I well, that's really point. love it. There are a exactly. lot of fans of a lot of things. You need someone who can actually like execute. Yeah. And I guess like Nicholas Myers, he gets like this. Star Trek doesn't have to be about Star Trek. There can be mm-hmm. subtext right. using exactly. these characters, though. I think there's a director that could bring out some great Star Trek, like some old Star Trek stories, too, to play some fan service. But they haven't found that director yet. They're just going for the glitz and the action and the let's blow this up and Mm -hmm. let's have Spock go way out of character and beat the (laughs) crap out of someone. You know, and it's like, okay, we can do all that, too. Mm-hmm. But then that's not Star Trek. That's sure. That's something that is wearing a Star Trek skin suit. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. I want to leave the room. They got a 2016 release date and they're trying to make it. So we'll see what they do. Okay. Hopefully they break the Star Trek curse. What story would you like to see from Star Trek? I think you probably are familiar with the old series more than oh. I am. Is there like a is there like an episode that you think would make like a good or so, like some, or maybe you can think of something like yes. from any of the Star Trek lore. What would make a good story? Well, if you're just gonna say what was your favorite original Star Trek episode, I would say Doomsday Machine. Okay. Um, how does that translate into a major picture? I mean, it could, um, but you'd have to have a really legitimate character story behind it. Actually, in the episode Doomsday Machine, you do kind of have that. Uh, are you familiar with the episode? Kind of. There was that big vacuum-looking yes. thing. That's right. The big and they could they couldn't thing. figure out how to destroy and oh and that other captain the other captain he was a commodore so he actually outranked Kirk so uh-huh. that was a dynamic too uh, because Kirk was on board the commodore's former ship trying to get it up and running yeah the commodore Decker he takes over the Enterprise and since he outranks Spock he starts dictating what to do on the ship and he starts yeah. saying let's attack the uh, the Doomsday machine with the Enterprise. And at some point, the facts come down to um, continuing this is going to be suicide. And then Kirk flat out says, Spock, I order you to take over the Enterprise. And then finally, Spock's like, I'm taking over the Enterprise. Okay. And uh, it was it was cool. It, it oh, feels Kirk a was bit confined with, or something? Kirk was on the other ship. Oh. So from the other ship, he's like, I'm, Decker, get my ship out of there. And he's like, I, I don't recognize your authority over me, Kirk. And then he says, Spock, I command you as captain of the Enterprise to take over the ship. And then finally Spock drops it, drops the uh, the um, respect for rank and takes over uh, from Decker. Um, nice. It was it was it was really a cool uh, bit of tension in that episode. And on top of everything, it paralleled the Cold War because yeah. you had the doomsday device going. Yeah. So that was I like I, the only I think there's something there. I know we're dealing with a post cold war era so oh no my friend we're going right back into a cold well, yeah. war you know what that that might be true but it's just not as prevalent in people's minds yeah as it was back then but well then they're stupid even so i think doomsday machine would be a fun movie to see i would agree with you i will okay. say though that i feel like the romulan mining ship was okay. like a pretty decent doomsday machine Mm-hmm. So, like, practically speaking, I feel like both that and the fact that in the last sequel, Kirk went up against an admiral would be too similar. So, practically speaking, 
I don't know that they would be able to. I don't know that they mm-hmm. would greenlight something like that just because, well, we just had a crazy ship that could destroy everything in this movie, and yep. we just had a like a like an insurrection. Right. You know, like every generation's movie was a damn insurrection, every other movie. But like we just had Kirk go up against his ranking officer in this movie. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, right. that would make for an awesome movie. Throw in Pike as right. the guy. Put Admiral oh. Pike, the make guy that the, brought him the, in. The bad guy? Yes, make him like make him go rogue. Mm. You know what? Make it maybe maybe the did the Romulan mining ship it got destroyed, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it did. I don't Too think bad. The, the appeal of the Doomsday Machine is in fact the machine, but one of the things that drove the intrigue of the machine is that it's pilotless. There's no characters on board drive driving it. It's just a mindless thing of destruction. Yeah, but. The ultimate thing that was interesting about the Doomsday Machine is the dynamic between Commodore Decker, Captain Kirk, and Commander Spock. Yes, That's what definitely. made it cool. And then, of course, he had Dr. McCoy saying, well, Spock, now what? Now what are we supposed to do? And oh, Spock's that guy was like, always I got, a dick. my hands are tied. Huh? He, that guy, McCoy was a 24-7 dick, man. Like, I watched an old episode <laughs> once, and he straight out was insubordinate, like, for no reason. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised Spock didn't, like, more like, shut the hell up i'm your ranking <laughs> officer we're in a military organization right. you cannot talk to me like that publicly <laughs> not get upset but just straightforward like you cannot speak to me that way that's, that's i some... know you don't like my decisions but you can't speak to me like that you prick yeah it uh, it can negatively affect missions when you do that right Maybe you didn't notice, but you're a lieutenant commander, Doctor McCoy. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a first officer. I yeah. outrank you. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. do it my way, and Get that's back to it. Bay, unless you learned how to captain a, a starship. Yeah, why the hell are you on the bridge? Because <laughs> no one's bleeding up here. Uh, no, but if you put in Pike there, because we know Pike now. Mm-hmm. Like, not introduce a new character where they fabricate some kind of relationship. Straight up, Pike. We know Pike, and that actor could pull off the sympathetic, like, listen, we got to do this. And then halfway through, you're like, oh, oh, that guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's gone crazy. I feel yeah. bad for him, but now we have to go up against this guy. Mm-hmm. So, all right, great. Yeah. Great, great. So we, we need to just write that up and send it to Hollywood. Okay. And Hollywood. I think that's how that works. Get with the plan. And then they'll make the movie. We'll send it to J.J. Abrams, and he will throw it into his garbage bin through the basket shoot Yay. over the garbage bin. At least and be he like, touched oh, our work. Yeah, this is a good idea. Plop. How can I make this more like Star Wars now? Um, let's see. Could I think of a thing? No, I'd have to think about that. I'll come back next week maybe with an idea. Uh, it's it's okay for me to put you on the spot though, but uh, hey hey you know now we're speaking of star stuff we're gonna go into Star Wars real quick Alan I heard you were able to get us a special oh, guest I did yes he's uh he's got some mixed feelings about the uh the the the, the new Star Wars episodes mixed feelings I, I don't know why why don't you go and get him in the room and all, then right, all three of us him. can talk together hey can you come in here come on in. Hello there. Hey. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce Mr. Lando Calrissian himself, Billy D. Williams. How are you doing, Billy D? Hey, I'm doing just fine. I saw that new Star Wars uh, trailer, the teaser. That's what they yeah. call them these days, teasers. Yeah, they well, teasers <laughs> are very small trailers, Billy D. Yeah, uh, they teased a lot. Now yeah, they got they got African Americans being stormtroopers—that's hot. Yeah, you must be very proud of that. I mean, you led the way in the Star Wars universe as a, a very right. uh, big well, character. Here's the thing. I was the first of uh, African American on screen in Star Wars that you could see. Uh, of course, James Earl Jones was the voice of Lord Vader, but they—they uh, they said we got to have a good-looking guy in front of the camera so they chose me after my role in mahogany with diana ross <laughs> you know what though you do have a velvety voice i'm surprised they didn't offer you the role of vader's voice uh, you know what that's a good point but maybe they thought i was a little too young or maybe uh that i would seduce the cast well well let's let's uh let's try a lime read let's try the famous scene and when you play vader and All i'll right. play luke skywalker okay I, no i know what you did you you, you killed my father 
Uh, Obi Wan no. Toby. Uh, Obi Wan was full of it. <laughs> Guess what, kid? I'm your father. <laughs> okay, right there. I feel like you ad libbed a little, though. What? I feel like you ad-libbed a little. Maybe uh, that's why they didn't give you the part. Here's the thing. Lord Vader was a latest man. He seduced the women with Colt 45 premium malt liquor, and they <laughs> were always under his thumb. But I don't think Lord Vader had a penis. I think it got melted off in the lava pit. Well, my version will. Okay. That's right. All right. Well, you can't you have this kind of voice if you have no penis. This is true. Well, maybe uh, maybe the emperor would have given you like a artificial penis, exactly. like Luke's hand. That's right. It's prehensile. Yeah, it'll be weird to see you test it though. Ugh. Oh, check this out. Check this uh, out, Luke. How am I not your father? <laughs> All right, that's wait. You take off your pants and show him your fake penis. Now I know why he dropped himself down that hole. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. No, it can't be. It can't be true. Check this out. It's robotic. No. <laughs> no. I'm your father. I'm a lot of people's fathers, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Haven't you noticed everyone's got pencil-thin mustaches on this planet? It's a, it was, no, it was a city in the sky. Yeah, well, it's on Bespin. A lot of people around here got my <laughs> mustache. All right. They're uh, my children. So, anyway. Okay. Well, this, that's uh, why I guess that's why you're in charge of the Sky City. That's right. I'm in charge. I'm everybody's daddy. Well, hey. you didn't play Vader. You did play an awesome Lando Calrissian. Thank you very much. Uh, you very but much. I gotta I blew say, up the second Death Star. Thank you. Yes, you're yes, welcome, you did. Galaxy. Well, you did it with some help. You didn't do it alone. I helped. I blew it up. I flew the Falcon, and then Nub just laughed the whole time. <laughs> Nib Nub was that the guy next to you? That's, that's what he was doing. He's going. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Hey, what is what does Darth Vader order at an Italian bakery?" And he goes, "Huh?" And I go, "Only one cannoli." Oh, oh! So you guys were just cracking jokes while you were waiting for the shield to go down. That's right. Oh, did you do you keep in touch with Nibnub? I do actually. Yes, we we occasionally go out for drinks. Oh, that's great! Oh, you guys pick up the Cold ladies. Forty five premium malt liquor. Do available they still in stores now? I don't think it's available anywhere. I don't. Do they still serve that? How dare you, sir? I get royalties, kickbacks every time I mention them on a, an appearance like this. <laughs> when was the last time you got a check from the Colt Forty Five people? I'm actually gonna write them back and hope to get some correspondence because it's been a few years. I think <laughs> they're on back order, but I'm still making money. I, I will grant you they may serve it at 7-Elevens, but I don't yes. think they serve it in bars. Only the finest establishments, 7-Eleven convenience stores, premium malt liquor. Well, I'll say this. Whoever's running 7-Eleven has been going to high gear the last couple of years. Those things are popping up in uh, in urban areas all over the place. Well, I mean, how like, else are you going to sell Colt 45 if you don't open more 7-Elevens? Yeah, exactly. They're doing it for you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. They're, Thank uh, you. Thank you, John 7-Eleven. I don't think anyone has that name. Oh, by the way, uh, this uh, trailer, I noticed there was something missing from it, though. What's missing? A 7-Eleven? No, well, uh, yes, actually. That's one of the things I was missing. Uh, but myself, I didn't see me in it. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I don't think you've been cast in this movie. Wait, what? I, I didn't see your picture in the shot of the group picture at the circle with all the cast members right. uh, i mean han solo's in it yeah leia's in it okay luke's in it uh-huh and that's it from the old cast vader okay, i don't understand i don't understand i blew up the second death star none of these people blew up the second death star well they blew up the first death star uh-huh. mm. leia didn't no she did no but the they saved her from okay. the first death. Well, Luke yeah. blew up the first Death Star. Okay. And then what did Han do? He just, like, <laughs> screamed like an idiot, right? No, he distracted. It was a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, they can't hear you scream in space, right? Isn't that another movie? Well, in space, I would... no one can hear you go, yee-haw! No, they can't. They can't. They can't right. unless your comms on. Exactly. I appreciate... Me and the galaxy appreciate what you did for us, but it yeah, looks well, like that... Well, why can't you put me in the movie, then? That's no well, appreciation. 
Uh, we already have an African American in the movie now. That's so. What's there's a quota? Like, I don't meet that quota now. <laughs> you established the quota by being the one guy in Empire Strikes Back and well, Return if I had of the known Jedi. That, I would have in- invited some of my friends to be in the the Cloud City scenes. Well, you should have. And All you, you know what? I would have fired Den Nub. He would have been my buddy. You, my all buddy, you had uh, was the Franklin. guy with the my you, buddy Franklin could have been my co-pilot. He well, was like, "Hey, Lando, we this is sure is fun, huh? Aren't you glad I'm not a puppet?" <laughs> Are you I'm saying Nip like, Nap yeah, was a, a puppet? Yes, he's a puppet. He's a stupid puppet. <laughs> Calm down, and he's Lando. He's not African American, so get out of here with that. Hey, it's not why. Okay. You could have hired anybody to be your assistant, but you hired the bald white guy with the Beats headphones built into his skull. Yeah. That was you, Lando. Well, that might have been, but had I known that uh, that I was in charge of this this quota you speak of, then I wouldn't have hired him either. Well, that's the deal. I would have hired young Sam Jackson with a shaved head. That's the deal you made By when way, you made Sam the Jackson. movie. Why isn't he in this movie with me? I don't know what deal you made, but that's the deal you made, okay? Don't... You know, I, I, we, they may have to change it. I don't know. Uh-huh. All right. This is lousy. <laughs> what? Is the deal lousy? Am I supposed to... Uh, this deal's getting worse and worse all the time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Only took three cues to get that. Sorry. I was so angry I wasn't thinking Star Wars. That's, that's why you're not in the movie. Because you don't know your own quotes. I got I to gotta rehearse. Darn it. Hey, come, someone put Lucas on the phone. I'm going to yell at that guy. Lucas doesn't own Star Wars anymore. He what? sold it to Disney. You're talking crap now. What? He sold it to Mickey Mouse? Yes, he did. This is insane. I'm going to smack Disney and Lord George Lucas for doing the stupid deal that doesn't have any Lando Calrissian in it. I'm very sorry. All right, fine. You know what? I'm I'm gonna, I'm going, all right? I've got yeah. dames to sleep with. Hey, listen, if it makes you feel better, uh, Mark Hamill also got a cameo job on The Flash. What? So there's work to be hey, had. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey. Hey, does that mean that I can play uh, Two-Face in the new Batman versus uh, Superman? Of course not. You could never play Two-Face. Well, I That's played ridiculous. Harvey Dent in, the, in the, uh, the Tim Burton movie. I don't recall that. It, what do you mean? Play back the movie. I'm in it. <laughs> I, I'm i pretty sure I'll have to play it back. You weren't Two-Face. I'm Harvey Dent. It was, it was Tommy Lee Jones. All right. You know what? I'm out of here. All right. All right. Start the car. Okay. Oh, what are you talking back. to the bald beatbox man? Yeah, he was talking to the bald beatbox guy. He, oh, he, Alan, you're back. You missed uh, you missed uh, Lando the... Calrissian. I just saw him. He was wearing his cape. What? He was wearing his cape. He still oh, wears that thing. He really must have wanted to be in this movie that's coming out. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. I feel bad um, for him because he was in tears as he was leaving. Yeah, he did not take the news well that he was not in the new movie. Mm. Oh, but. Well. Uh, but speaking of guys from the Star Wars franchise, I'm going to mm-hmm. segue a bit here. We got, uh, like I just mentioned, Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, yes. a.k.a. Voice of the Joker, uh, right. is going to cameo in The Flash yeah. as the trickster Reprising on the 17th episode. His role from the 1990 series. And I just want to say, honest to God, in my mind, I've been thinking, oh, man, I hope they can find a way to bring in Mark Hamill into mm-hmm. the show since they got the dad who was the original Flash from the 80s right. series. Right. But I'm like, no, Apparently they'll never the people, do that. <laughs> no, the That's people stupid. making the show said like this, he was at the top of their wish list. They got John Ship, and like, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, they they were fans of the original show in some respect. They got what's her name, Amanda mm-hmm. Pays. Yeah, what's her to name? play McGee. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, the, you can definitely see the love. Right. You can see the love of the the maker because it's not, you know, it's not there's fan service. And then there's OK, these guys are going out of their way to right. get these actors because how mm-hmm. hard, like the balls to say, hey, let's call Mark Hamill. See if he wants a cameo. He's got nothing going on except yeah. Luke Skywalker right. again. Major blockbuster movie coming out. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm not even going to play the Joker anymore. I'm done with that. Not out of malice. You know, just like he played the trickster before he ever played the Joker. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I thought some people say that's how they knew that he could play the Joker because he mm-hmm. played the trickster. Right. Like, oh, let's try him. He has a good voice. Mm-hmm. So I think the voices were similar. Right. And he cameoed in the animated series Justice League as the trickster. And it was mm-hmm. a great cameo. That was a great episode. Got me again, Got Flash. Got me again, Flash. 
Um, so this is going to be awesome. But he's going to be playing an older version of the trickster. And then there's yeah. a copycat trickster, which is brilliant because yes. it would be weird for him to be like the trickster. Yeah, an older trickster against a young Barry Allen. But on top of it, you've got the possibility of him being in jail with John Wesley Ship, which should be yes. fun also. Yeah. I want them to be bunkmates or <laughs> blockmates or at just interact with you, or they need the dad's help. Mm-hmm. Dad, we need you to talk to this guy. We need his help. Yeah. That would be amazing. They squeeze in Dr. McGee. It would be brilliant, although I don't think that can happen. Uh, but this is going to be that's going to be fun when they have him show up that's going to be so good they are so happy with how well the flash is doing it's insane there's no reason not to be like every episode i i love yeah it's great but they like i mean that's why they um you know we we talked about in uh, one of the last episodes about the crossover but one of the reasons they had the crossover was to make like let's make sure that if by this point the Flash isn't doing well, we help without with the Arrow. And mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't even need the help. No. If anything, I think it helped Arrow. Yeah, it probably did because, you know, the I mean, the Arrow doesn't have the superpowered beings anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's a good choice. And that's fine. And I stand by their choice to do that because, like, that's not what this show is. Yeah. We're not that. But it's like it's refreshing to like, you know, you you know, you watch an episode with great martial arts and then you watch an episode where superpower beings and it's like I'm leaning towards superpower beings, but I yep. still love the arrow. Mm, OK. No, I know you don't. I know you don't care for the arrow the way. No. I do. And I, I tried. But uh, now now that the flash is out, I'm like, hey, this is what I've been wanting to see. You know, why? Why even attempt to watch a show that I'm not altogether thrilled with? So. All right. Uh, it's a good show, though. It's All a right. good show. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Flash, let's briefly go over um, SNL. Yes. Uh, we just uh, we watched both of us. We neither of us were able to watch the full last episode with uh, with Mr. Freeman right. in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember his first name. Jason. No, no, Freeman. Mar- Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, who okay. plays uh, Bilbo the Hobbit. Right. In the Lord of the Rings. In the office, BBC. Yes. And he was uh, Arthur Dent in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Uh, Very funny actor. Very funny British Mm -hmm. actor. Done a lot of great work. Um, Yeah, I didn't see. I saw everything up to, but not including Weekend Update. I think you Mm -hmm. saw everything including Weekend Update. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw a weekend update, which had a return of Jacob the Bar Mitzvah boy. Um, yeah. Weekend update was okay. Nothing well, everything leading up special. to that, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I loved the cold open because mm-hmm. it wasn't your standard press conference sketch. It was an interview sketch, but I think they really embraced in this cold open mm-hmm. the, char- the Charlie Rose thing with the two guys that helped create the ter- the, the the torture program. Techniques. Yeah. They and really embrace everything that tortures people about David Lee life. Yes, they embrace the the UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, mantra of if this is true, what then else what is else true? is true? Right. Because uh, that was great. That mm-hmm. was a great idea, and it was really well executed. The only way they could have done it better is if they actually went to their consultant office and we saw them day to day working on projects. Mm-hmm. So and that was a really fun cold open. Then they did the something clause, which was just entertaining. Oh, um, that was fun. It was a fun song. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a very fun song. They did the wedding sketch, which was great. Oh, yeah. The unlikely it, couple. Yeah. And it was in the mold of those sketches they did when um when MacGruber was still on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you just have a line of people like giving toast or something. It was yes. kind of in that vein, but it was mm-hmm. still great. Like none of those jokes fell flat. And uh, right. what's her name? Katie McKinnon and her thing. I have nothing to do with this wedding. I just had to come in here <laughs> and try to stop it. Everything I, in my I fiber. Looked at, I looked at you two and I said, get in there and shut that down. And she made the new the, the new woman crack. She made the yeah. new woman crack like Easy a little cracked. bit, which was great. Yes. Uh, so well done. And the office Middle Earth so very well captured the tone of the British office. The BBC office. Yes, very much. So good. And what's his name's impressions? Both of Alan Rickman. Fabulous. From the opening Tearing monologue. Yeah, Taron Killam and his and his um, 
Oh, goodness. The Gollum. Gollum. Um, so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So good. So funny. Yeah. Um, and the Christmas Mass Spectacular, that was a funny little bit, too. That was just a fun idea. It was, you know, I don't know what how the episode. Oh, yes, the uh, the morning show. Oh, right side of the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was okay, too. That was fun. That was fun. Well, what was the other part you said? Christmas what? Christmas Mass Spectacular. <gasps> that was great. My yeah. wife and I really liked that. Like, just, it, it wasn't just, you know, limited to Christmas Mass, but it was like, oh, these are the quirks. That that if you're a regular churchgoer, like you you spot that, and like you know we haven't seen poking fun of the 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 church going experience, mm-hmm. you know, often because we're afraid to offend people or it's just not the thing of the the comedic writers. But uh, I'm glad that they went there, and like I think a lot of people appreciated. It. I thought it was great. Yeah, and it's great because it's like this is like this is honest things that people observe. I don't necessarily uh, know of all those things, but I could see like, oh, okay, the writers like see these things mm-hmm. in the church, and we're just commenting on things that other people like. Oh, that happens at my church too. Yep. No, very yeah. much so. But we, Respe- the, my wife and I were like, oh yeah, we we see a lot of that stuff at our church. Yeah. Uh, so it, you know, and, and like even if you don't know those things, you're like, okay, I can see how that would be funny. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, yeah, so it was a pretty like, I don't know how the episode ends. I don't know if they stick the landing, but goodness, I'm going to say like if they continue with that for the rest of the episode, I'm going to say that that's one of the strongest episodes this season so far. Mm -hmm. I think Um, I haven't seen a couple of the last ones, but this one was like really good. Some really good stuff. So far, so good. We haven't finished it yet. Yeah, exactly. We'll see (laughs) what then it goes to one sketch. Then it goes to shit. Oh no. Super fast. Whoa. Lightning speed. Like the flash. Okay, so let's speaking of like the flash. Oh. Uh okay, let's go into the mid season finales. Any any let's disclaimers do. we want to tell the audience, Alan? Well, we're going to be discussing the flash uh man in the yellow suit. As well as the mid-season finale of Shield, and maybe which more escapes me. Let's start with uh, let's start with Flash. We already talked about Flash, so let's let's go a little into it. Yeah, we we somewhat revealed the man in the yellow suit. I think there's some debate as to whether or not it's the case, but uh, I think I, I I think we've got a, a leading suspect. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe as in the guy that did the voice at the end. Well, well we finally met the Flash. Oh, oh Dr. Wells. Dr. Wells, you're the man in the yellow suit. Da, da, da. Uh, well, he I, again, it's like I I'm like trying to be this defense attorney for Dr. Wells because I don't want to believe it's so blatantly obvious that it's been him. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I'm like his forgiving uh, beaten girlfriend who's just uh, trying to apologize and come up with excuses. Well, maybe he's just holding the suit against his will and he doesn't know what it's for. Oh, it's like, oh, baby, you need to leave. You need to leave that man. Um, <laughs> no, but it's the man to death because it was in the best interest of Barry. It was. It was in Barry's best interest. <laughs> that guy was clearly evil. No, but then the yellow suit man fought dr wells and that brings me back to how far is dr wells willing to go to maintain his cover (laughs) he's like okay only i could walk yeah it's like i would be okay in in the cage it's like okay beat the hit me real hard it's like what just hit me hard as hard as you can okay uh you know it's like it's a okay i have a theory here uh Um, one is that there are multiple yellow suits there's there's we're talking about time travel so conceivably uh uh, different yellow suits could be from different time periods having gone back in time i do think that there might be both a reverse flash and a professor zoom two different Uh characters yeah so reverse flash might be eddie and the man uh professor zoom might be dr wells appropriately speaking oh they did so well in setting that up because the reverse flash did not kill eddie right so they're, they're just like giving you red herrings reason. all over the place. Yes. It may be this guy. It may be this guy. We don't know. We're going to keep you guessing. Right. So good. Yep. So good with that. That Someone threw out a couple of theories. One of the theories was that Dr. Wells is actually reverse flash in the future, like an right. older reverse flash. 
Um, okay. And, you know, and that he just knows what's going to happen. And either he's allowing events to occur to help Barry become created so that he can mess with Barry or mm-hmm. that he's changed his ways and he's trying to help Barry. But, you know, but then why does he talk in the evil voice? So if you want me to speculate? No, no, no. I'm just saying, but that's the, like that's me finishing my thought. But then why does okay. he talk in the evil voice? Um, the and the then they introduce for the benefit of the audience. <laughs> He's just not talking to, to himself. Yeah, it's like this. Is, I just like to talk this way. So does that mean Doctor Wells has super speed? Yes, apparently. I think so. So let me ask you this: Could Doctor mm-hmm. Wells have mimicked a fight between himself? and reverse flash given that it has been stated that he is faster than the flash could right. he have fought himself or made mm-hmm. the appearance by moving so fast that he just mm-hmm. changes you know yeah. takes a swing changes mm-hmm. takes the hit and that's possible but you would see the two characters getting blurry you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. dr wells getting hit would start to lose some consistency and people be like, what's going on with Dr. Wells? Like, I don't, I mean, like they, they could try to explain it that way. And that's not impossible. And I've considered that my theory though, is that either it's himself from the future or in the, in the suit fighting a, an earlier version of himself who's not in the suit, or it's a future version of Eddie fighting him in that scene. Yeah. But then he puts the tachyonic whatever yes. on the suit yes. anyway. So here's my my perspective timeline as of right now. Mm-hmm. He took the ability from um, Blackout. Who's the character? Well, okay. yeah, the, the, the electricity yeah. guy. I get what you're saying. So let's say it's Blackout. Um, his ability to steal Flash's power. Maybe he sampled some of Flash's power and gave himself the Flash's power. So yeah. at that point, he becomes the equivalent of the Flash. Then... His future self steals the tachyon thing. He attaches the tachyon thing to his current suit. In the future, he utilizes that tachyon field to make himself that much faster than the Flash. Okay. So not only that, it also gives him the ability. They said tachyons move faster than light, so he could probably time travel as a result of the tachyon fields. We're all talking paradoxes, but I think that's the the gist of um, Dr. Wells' game. Okay. He's all about the paradoxes and utilizing the paradox for his advantage. Okay, so there you think Dr. Been... Wells is a straight-up villain? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt that he's bad. Dr. Wells is bad. It's just a question if he's the reverse Flash or not. Okay. I think, if, if anything, he might be working with Eddie, and they both might be villains in the future, and they both might be in the yellow suits. But definitely Dr. Wells is not a good guy. Oh, and then there was the other reveal Mm -hmm. that the Flash may have been present at the time of his mother's death. Yes, and that I was uh, on another podcast. I even said the same thing. That's what I was thinking was going to happen because you saw in all those scenes there was red and yellow energy. And I'm like, what a great scene that would be if in super speed we see what's actually happening in those blurs. Yeah. An entire exchange could go on between Reverse Flash and the Flash. Yeah. And, and that would explain why to we're not even limited to it just being those two characters. It could be multiple speedsters in that room, not just those two. And yeah. I think you were about to say that's why Barry Allen gets removed from the scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe the Flash removes him for right. his own safety. Mm hmm. Because otherwise, and, why would he move him? You know? Right. And here's the thing to consider. They at the point that they reveal what happens in that room, you might have already introduced Wally West, uh, or even another character who somehow gets endowed with speed. You know? Yeah. My speculation is that Professor Wells, as Reverse Flash, may have caused some sort of a disruption in the timeline, where he caused himself to cease being the Reverse Flash, and so what he's done by instrumenting the creation of Barry Allen Flash is resurrecting his ability to be the reverse flash. I see. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I love this last part um, at the end, you know, Eddie's talking to Joe uh, okay. because like his team is dead except for him. 
And, you know, he questions Joe and Joe admits like, yeah, I, I work with the Flash and and he doesn't say who the Flash is, but he's like, you know, yeah, we, we the Flash is a guy who just saved us. And, and Joe's like, we can never tell anybody about this, Eddie, for their own safety. And it's like, well, how do you explain the death of like five SWAT team cops? Yeah. Like, how do you go back to the station? Oh, they're dead. How? Oh, we can't talk about it. No, you got to tell them something. Like, how do you explain that? We were at Star Labs. These guys mm-hmm. died. Well, that's a big deal. We're going to have to go back there and check out the whole place and see what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's more like of TV magic of just making that not be a problem than anything else. And we haven't given them the opportunity to address that. But Eddie, if we're if we're building Eddie to be a future villain like this might be the start of. Let me lie to do the greater good. Very entertaining. And then we had the introduction of Firestorm, which we knew was coming. Yeah. So that'll be interesting, too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff going on in that last episode. Great cliffhanger. Now, we won't have it back until January 20th. Mm-hmm. But uh, really cool putting the pieces together. And yeah. uh, and now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the title of which we can't remember. Flash forward to the end, because, I mean, like, not a lot happened in the middle of the episode. Do you recall anything special before I go all the way to the end? Uh, it was a cool episode, you know, RIP one character who I thought like I genuinely enjoyed mm-hmm. a newer yeah. character, but I genuinely enjoyed him. Uh, but we got one of the other ones back who I kind of signed off as, okay, he's probably done, mm-hmm. uh, for the same reason that they got rid of the other characters. It's like, you guys are newer, so we can get rid of one of you. Yeah. The cool stuff. Go ahead. So at the end of the episode, we reveal Sky to actually be a character from the comic books, a very lesser-known S.H.I.E.L.D. agent uh, named Daisy, whose code name is Quake. Um, she's just a special agent who's, like, gifted with some sort of power of, of seismic control. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, what's her name? The flower dress woman. Raina. Raina, thank you. She, we get a glimpse of her face. She looks like more of an animal-like character that we don't get a full view of what she looks like, but she's been altered by this crystal. They've both been altered. Uh, oh, I didn't again, even see that. Oh, you didn't see that? No, I saw the episode, but I didn't see that part where you get, like, she looks like an animal. Yeah, like, she's got, like, spikes coming out, almost porcupine-like spikes or whiskers coming out of her cheek. Uh, and her eyes look a little bit different, but it definitely looked like she's been altered just like uh, just like um, Sky has been altered as well. Uh huh. OK, so, yeah, we finally got the meeting between her and her dad and then her dad's going right. to take vengeance on Whitehall. And then it's mm-hmm. like, boom, boom. Colson Whoops. takes care of that. Colson took him out, took his bit of revenge from him after years and years of training by yeah, slaughtering just a innocent people. <laughs> he's, like, he's lost his bit of revenge. So now he's going to want to kill Coulson mm-hmm. and we lose RIP trip. Yes. Who I really enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed that character of trip. Cause he was like the, uh, the descendant of one of the original howling commandos. Uh huh. So yeah, I like that dude. Uh, it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and it, I still think this is a, uh, into my theory of this being eternals. This still kind of plays up on that, but, uh, they haven't revealed much more. But with the Eternals, you have the Eternals and the Deviants. Mm-hmm. They're both um, an ancient race that's been living on Earth for countless millennia. Yeah. They have been affected by the Kree race visiting the planet Earth millions of years ago. And um, so the Deviants are the ugly version and the Eternals are the pretty version. Mm-hmm. That's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. But they both kind of have their own abilities, and they were worshipped as gods in the past. Yeah, I read the uh, I read the Wikipedia entry that you sent me. So yeah, uh, that makes sense. It sounds like them. Mm-hmm. And plus, them focusing on um, eternal youth, it seems like that would be a nice way to introduce that title to uh, towards these characters. Yeah. And now you have Grant working with the woman, the uh, the agent that was brainwashed, and now she looks like Agent May. Yeah. And now they're partners, so we'll see so how that, that plays out. that actress gets a double role. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's cool what they did with Grant. So I like what were... they did with Grant. It's because uh, it, he stunk before he turned. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of interested in him, but not really. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, you could go. But it was great how they revealed him to be like, because he was like this, like he was like this company man. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm actually a rogue agent. 
Right. Dun, dun, dun. No. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. And um, mm-hmm. and then What's-Her-Face is hiding something. The the ex-wife of that other dude, um, the woman that was going to play Wonder Woman, the girl from Friday Night oh, Lights. Oh, Mockingbird. Um, yeah. That's uh, Adrian Palicki. Yep. She's got some secret to reveal later on. We'll find out. But they uh, stuck together in a previous episode. All right. We'll see where uh, we'll see where Agents of Shield takes this. Uh okay, so I guess that's it for today. Yeah. That's quite a bit we covered. Yeah, we covered a lot of stuff, you guys. Um so you know, so join remember us. Remember to subscribe. Yes. And get the next episode automatically downloaded to your listening device you go to clos.net you'll be able to find a link to a cluster fudge stuff including this podcast cool man yeah see you guys next time yeah let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about if you can leave comments where the podcast is let mm-hmm. us know and we'll right. try yep all right all right see you then all right bye, bye.